Hi everyone, it's Caleb and I'm so excited that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me on the Learner's Corner podcast. Today I have a great guest for you and I am talking with my friend Rashawn Copeland. Rashawn is a storyteller, podcast host, a friend of many, and a recent author. He just released his his first book, his brand new book, Start Where You Are. And we're going to get into that conversation with him in just a minute. He has an incredible story and he shares part of that here on the podcast today. Before we get into that, I do want to let you know that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. If you have any audio or video needs, be sure to hit him up on Instagram. His handle is at sammassey77. And thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and helping us create just just a community to where it's safe to have dangerous conversations here in the Learner's Corner. We truly believe that we can learn from anyone, from everyone, from anything and from everything. And the person that we're going to be learning from today is Rashawn. And so here is my conversation with Rashawn. Well, Rashawn, it's so good to have you on the podcast today through all just making it happen. It's just great to be, you know, here virtually together. Hey, look, I'm pumped to be with you, bro. I really look up to your fire. I won for, for God and for people is amazing. I've been following your podcast a bit. So I love the fact that we've been able to make this happen, bro. Pumped. Yeah, me too. And I'm really excited to talk with you about your brand new book called Start Where You Are. Uh, but before that, you know, just as uh, we begin to know each other a little bit, I've just seen all the content that you've been putting out, and I would just love to know what are what are some of the things that have helped you just in creating content. Um, you know, creating content is, uh, I think, a big uh, task and big, you know, gift opportunity that sometimes we look down upon a bit. You know, I think it's a crazy opportunity for us to share with people who are fighting day in and day out um, to get more understanding on why they're here, their purpose and things like that. And for us to hold on to our hope and not allow it to go out into the world, I think is uh, a terrible thing. You know, we want to get this hope out into the world that's been given to us through Christ. So content is the beautiful way you can do that. And, you know, what's amazing about it is that God met me through social media. You know what I'm saying? It's weird, but it sounds crazy. But when I was in my lowest moment, it was a post, a Facebook post uh, that really triggered, you know, this joy in my heart to know God. And his presence was like right there as I was reading it. So remember, content is king, you know, not necessarily over Jesus, but content, content, lower, lowercase k. Because so many people's attention uh, is online, and that's where we need to be as the church, man. I just think it's so vital. You know, what if Paul could have shot Timothy a text message? That would have changed everything, right? Or even a Facebook <laughs> message, right? Yeah. And and one of the things that we were just talking about uh, a few days ago is you just talked about the importance of being real whenever it comes to your content, as well as just showing what's really going on. I, I would just love to hear... How, how do you balance the tension between like, like being, being real and being yourself on social media, but you're not going to want to put everything out there. How do you balance that? That's really good. So, you know, uh, being authentic is so vital, you know, especially because people don't 
want, you know, what's right, quote unquote, about you all the time, the right side of you, you know, the things that they would expect from you, but they want the authentic, the real side of you, the the side of you uh, that, you know, you may, you know, hide sometime. Uh, and there is a balance. You don't want to spill all your beans out there or, you know, let all the skeletons out of the closet. But I think Jesus taught us something so valuable, even after, you know, he was getting ready to ascend into glory. Uh, and, you know, the disciples were in this room after he had just you know, uh, when it, and died on the cross and he, he rose, uh, but he, he met Thomas who was doubting at that point in this room with the other disciples. And what he did fascinated me. What he did, he allowed Thomas to touch his wounds and um, not only see his wounds and prove like, hey, this was me. I actually, I'm the risen Lord. I'm, I'm your king. I'm here. Now you can trust. Now you can have faith. But no, he was like, touch this. And just like for us, me and you, brother, and anyone else listening on here, uh, our wounds aren't meant to just be seen. They're meant to be felt. And we want people to fill fill us. And and that's going to be, Jesus wasn't scared to hide his most vulnerable side. Why should we be? You know, that's where healing comes forth. And then it said, uh, you know, the disciples, they were emboldened at that point. You know, their faith sort of resurrected at that point, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, and you mentioned uh, the, the book and the story, and I want to get into that in just a second. But before that, one of the things that I noticed is, as I was just reading through the book, is your foreword is by Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, Manny is incredible. How, how did that happen? You know, um, so Manny Pacquiao is someone I look up to, uh, my family's looked up to, my wife's looked up to. We've been missionaries in the Philippines over the past uh, few years, about, you know, four or five years or so. And we spend time in and out of the Philippines. But one thing that we love about the Philippines is where God's placed us there in Mindanao. And that's actually where Manny Pacquiao's from. Not only is he this fascinating fighter who was one of the you know, highest paid athletes in the world at one point. He's also this mighty man of God who loves Christ, who loves the Lord. And he wasn't always there, but he has a testimony to share. But I'm so glad that he was able to endorse the book. Somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to connect with one of his guys, his main guys. Uh, and then he connected us to Manny. And then hey, it was been history since. But we have the same mission is to see people who are far from God become move closer to him. And uh, yeah, he's a phenomenal fighter though, right? Oh, I love, yeah. here's, let me share this really quick. One of uh, his uh, m- messages within the book, uh, well, his endorsement is said this. It said, um, this book hits harder, way harder than Floyd Mayweather. I was cracking up when he said that. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's his rival if you don't know who oh. that is, guys. Oh, yeah. They, they were finally able to make the match happen after all of these years of wanting to get it done. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that wild? We'll see. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you did mention the book and you did mention of how uh, social media like plays a part in your story as well. And you talk about kind of where you're at in your in your lowest moments whenever it comes to the beginning of the book. I would love uh, if you could just just take us back there for those who have maybe not read the book. Just tell Tell people about your lowest moment and kind of where you start out. Definitely. So um, 
one of my lowest, darkest moments was, it was a moment, that's exactly what it was, but it was a moment where I felt I was boxed in and there was nothing beyond this area I was boxed into. It felt like I was locked down and caged down in this room uh, in a beautiful home in uh, Los Angeles in the Valley. I was at the peak of success, you know, Everything looked so good on the outside. I'm talking, I was a hype man for a soldier boy. I had a G-Wagon. I had a nice home. I, life seemed so great. But deeply on the inside, I was miserable, right? And uh, this specific moment that was happening in my life uh, felt disastrous because the Lord, and I knew it was God, who allowed these people to begin to walk out of my life, people that I was closest to, one, uh, my best friends, the guys who I was with in LA that I was doing these amazing things with, they walk, began to walk out of my life. And it all happened on the same day, which was really weird. But next to that is the young lady that I was um, talking to there. Um, she was a USC law student in law school. She, I felt she was like my dream girl, the girl I ideally wanted to marry, was in love with. Uh, however, you know, she left me because on the side, she found out that I was having an emotional affair with the young lady in the porn industry. And uh, that was just terrible, you know, right? I was in a dark place. And that's just what my heart was doing. I was a hedonist. Basically, a hedonist is someone who wants to satisfy all his passions. A hedonist is someone who's a fun lover, who's like, YOLO, we're going to do it today. You know, what what does YOLO stand for again? Young, uh, something, uh, YOLO. You only live once. once. That's it. Yeah. So I was on that basically wave, that current. And uh, what was miserable about that, you know, with the weed and alcohol, women, uh, it's cool for a moment and it numbs the pain for a moment. But then again, you're right back to that crazy state. So that's where I was. So I'm at this low, dark moment. I'm like, I'm done. I'm about to end my life. Uh, so what I did was I walked down the hall to another room and I went to where the locker, the lockbox was, and I pull out the pistol and I go back down to the other room and it feels like an eternity that I'm walking down this hall. And then I finally get in there and then I get on my knees and then I put the pistol in my mouth and I'm shaking and I'm nervous out of my mind. Uh, and I put the gun down and I pick it back up and I put it in my mouth. I'm shaking. Then I put it back down. I'm wrestling at this point. Like there was two things going through my mind. Number one, um, if I were to shoot myself and I don't die, I'm going to have to endure that same pain I went through when I was that 17-year-old boy who was shot down, left for dead on the concrete, on the ice-cold concrete in the middle of winter, but I was drowning in warm blood. You know what I'm saying? I I had been shot before, so I knew what a bullet, the havoc that a bullet can wreck on the flesh, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to go through that again, and so I was scared out of my mind uh, to allow that to happen and still be alive, and number two, the second thing that was on my mind is that if I were to shoot myself and I were to die, I'm going to have to stand before this good, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing God who's infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He's loving, but he's also a judge and he's holy. I'm going to have to stand before him and give an account for every word, every deed, every action. And am I ready to meet my maker? Am I ready to meet the one who, who knitted me together in my mother's womb that I 
literally, I, my, I was hostile towards him my whole life. And then I drifted and I ran from him my whole, am I ready to come back to him without the blood of Jesus, homie? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was in that place and uh, wrestling between the two. Uh, but I'm so thankful that God had a plan for me that night. And he had a purpose for my pain and it wasn't in vain. I seen this light come from the bed, this light, my phone lit up and I was like, okay, that's crazy. Why is my phone lighting up right now? So it got my attention. And that's another reason why we need to be on social media, right? Come on now. Uh, So I grabbed the phone and as I'm looking at the phone, uh, it was a young lady, the only Christian girl that I was following on social media. Uh, and she was the only girl I knew that was a devoted follower of Christ. I was like, this is really crazy now. God, you're talking. Keep on talking. Right. So I, I, I clicked the button to see what she was talking about. And um, here's what hit me head on like a semi truck. You know, oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is. And nothing in all creation can separate us from this love that's found in Christ Jesus. And as I began reading and reading it, I began weeping and weeping. It was a post on social media. That's why it's so important. And that's why my passion is for and on social media, because we can meet people right where they are, literally, right? But what was wild about it, yeah, that changed everything, bro. My heart melted. I cried out to the God of the universe. I finally acknowledged that my brokenness and my sin and my need for a savior, because I couldn't save myself. And yeah, I just did, had a distaste for this world and everything in it. In that very moment, I wanted to know the love of Christ and why wasn't I in in Him experiencing that love? Mm-hmm. As, can you go back to uh, for for most people who are listening? You know, they they don't know what it feels like to maybe consider suicide a, as an option. What? Yeah. Do you can you go back to that day and just like like what was your mindset? like that led you to believe that, hey, suicide is a legitimate option for me? So here's here's the thing. My heart, my mind, my whole being was led by how how I felt. Mm -hmm. And our feelings are good things. God gave us these amazing feelings. But here's the problem. Our feelings sometimes lie to us. And I felt as though there was nothing beyond what I was going through. Mm -hmm. There was nothing um, outside. There was nothing outside of this very moment. And that's what depression does. Depression is a bully that lies to us and tells us that we don't matter when we truly do. So if someone's listening in right now, I know this is Suicide Prevention Month. I mean, I don't know when you know this will go out, but I know this is where we're recording this actually in Suicide Prevention Month. And I, I believe that we as believers need to keep our hearts set on what's true, which is God's word. And remembering that what Jesus said in John chapter uh, 8, verse 32, he said, uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God wants us to be free in him. And that is not by living according to feelings, but according to what the word says, his promises, keeping our faith in what he said and who we are in him, which is holy and perfect. Isn't that crazy? The Bible says we're holy and perfect, righteous and perfect. I think in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, and in him, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that can take that away. We're sons and daughters, not even the way we feel, you know? 
So yeah. I'm pumped about that. And I pray someone is encouraged by that. We're justified in Christ. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Remember that today. Yeah. You you also mentioned uh, about we can let our feelings drive exactly what you do. Or we can we can let our our feelings almost take the steering wheel of our life mm. in a sense. Yeah. What how how do you how do you acknowledge your feelings without being like driven by your feelings? That's so good. I really love that question. Um, you know, I think what's amazing about how God sort of made our feelings and, you know, what the reality of our, what we feel is that we can always steer it a, a direction. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we steer our feelings towards ourselves. Sometimes we steer our feelings towards others. Sometimes we steer our feelings towards things. We punch in the a wall, a hole in a wall. But God, here's what's amazing. God wants us to steer our feelings towards him. Mm-hmm. He wants our mind's attention and our heart's affections set on him supremely. Even if we have to cry out to him, call out to him, or even scream at him, he can handle it. And he wants us to fully, because he knows if we keep our minds set on the things above, if if we think on things that are pure, that are holy, that are admirable, that are praiseworthy, if we think on these things, the God of peace will be with us. And we can't go too long. And I think there's something so beautiful behind this because we can't go a long time, you know, screaming at God without him speaking back at us or whispering back at us, even in the middle of the screaming, right? Because oh, yeah. at some point or another, he is going, you know, as we're authentic with him, he's because he loves a broken and a contrite heart. Uh, I love what you remember when David cheated against, you know, he he basically, quote unquote, depending on the way you read the text, um, some people said he raped back Sheba. Some people said, you know, he just committed the sex deal. Uh, but he also lied and he committed murder. He committed a whole bunch of things that night. But here was the beautiful thing about David. Uh, in Psalms 51, it was basically like a prayer of repentance, like the way uh, he had approached God. And he acknowledged his feelings. He acknowledged that brokenness. Uh, but what he said, something that I'll never forget in Psalms 51, he said, let the bones you have broken rejoice. Mm. He acknowledged that he was fully broken and it was totally fine with him. Uh, but he, in the midst of that, there was hope because he was like, let him rejoice, let him rejoice. Because he knew that when God breaks us, he breaks us to save us. You mm. know, when it, so I just want to let someone out there know, like he crushes us. He allows us to get crushed under the weight of our own sin and brokenness because our brokenness is where God will stop us. He will halt us. He will kill our progress and cause us to hit a dead end. Right. So we can turn to him all that when all that we have, all that we are and all that we can do in and of ourselves um, proves to be utterly insufficient. That's when we'll need the sufficiency of God as the source in the supreme creator. Right. Oh, yeah. So yep. we just need to go. But it points us back to him. Anytime we go to him or even any. Yeah. Our brokenness points to him always. So I hope yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yep. So take me back to the, the day after you consider suicide. Tell me what those days after were like. Tell me what those weeks after mm. were like. Love that question. Man, you're good at this, bro. You do this for a living, huh? Oh, God, Caleb. Man. Um, so 
after that had happened, I had a weird experience. So I'm going to take you from what happened, you know, after I sort of rejoiced in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I fall asleep. Of course, I didn't wasn't just straight rejoicing. There was a side of me that was still wrestling with God like J- uh, Jacob. Um, and I remember as I fall asleep, I had an OBE, which that's a whole nother podcast. But I wake back up the next morning four in the morning, really early. And I get this prompting to look underneath the bed. And as I go down and I look underneath the bed um, and I'm just being obedient to God, because I'm living in this home that there were many talents, many different people would come in and out that our agency had put us in, you know, temporarily. It's a beautiful home, but there was other people in there. However, at, at different times, however, I look underneath the bed, guess what's down there? It's a it's a it's a suitcase, right? So I pull a suitcase out. I don't know whose suitcase it is, but I just know I'm looking. And I crack it open. I, that was probably really wrong. Uh, I, I messed that all up. But it was dirty clothes. They stunk really bad. I mean, it was disgusting. But at the top was the greatest treasure of all time. Can you tell me what that was? Is it a Bible? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. Yes, the V-I-B-L-E. And as I cracked it open, I began to read it. It began to read me. And I finally go to the red letters. And they were the very first things that was there, you know, jumping off the pages, you know, right into my heart. But as I read it, it said this, and these were the words of Jesus. I'll never forget it. Um, It said, he that wants to keep his life must lose it. But he that loses his life for my namesake shall gain it. And then it went off to say this, and it, I mean, literally right after. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but yet lose his soul? Oh, man. I was like, wow, it all makes sense now. My life isn't supposed to be about me. It's not supposed to be about my plan. It's about his purpose. It's not about my soul's desires. It's about going back to the overseer of my soul. And I I ran back to him, man. I never looked back. And from there, I packed up everything in a book bag. Anything that couldn't fit in a book bag, I left with. And matter of fact, I don't know if you've heard this statistic, but it says the Bible is the number one stolen book in the world. I stole that book that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, right? I was like a pirate still in treasure. You know what I'm saying? That was amazing. So I get on the city bus a few hours later, and I could not stop feeding on the word of God. I wasn't even hungry. I couldn't even eat the next 24 hours because I was so getting so satisfied. My no, my soul was getting nourished by the, the word of God, the living word of God. And as I'm driving, find, well, I'm on the bus and it takes us downtown. It took about four hours to get there because I was in the valley and, you know, it was doing its regular normal routine and things like that. But I finally get downtown. I jump up on um, a Greyhound bus, and I couldn't help but to share what I just had experienced. I was sharing it with homeless men. I was mm-hmm. sharing it with single moms that were on that bus. So yeah, I felt the presence of Jesus like no, no, like never ever I have in my life, you know, in that yeah. except for in that moment. So yeah, so Jesus didn't meet me on the shore of Galilee. He met me right on a, a Greyhound bus in a way. Yeah. What happened after that? 
after that, uh, the the bus, I mean, 20 hours later, I'm reading and feeding on the word of God nonstop. And then I get back to Oklahoma and my brother is there and he's a college athlete. So he has a ha- apartment with three other roommates and they have no furniture in the living room. So I didn't sleep on the couch. It was even worse. I slept next to my brother's bed on the floor for several months until I got myself squared away out here. But I ended up working at the county jail. I was beginning to get discipled in in a church. And that's where my launching pad for ministry came, right in the confinements of a a jail. And that's where I began to preach the gospel. And I was growing as a man of God. And it was just really encouraging, bro, to just see how God transformed me from the inside out, all for his glory. Yeah. Yep. How how has that helped you being able to just love and care for people, just all, all that you've gone through? So it's helped me a ton because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the scripture is really clear about, you know, love and what love is and how we are to love. And not only, you know, are we to know love, but we're to walk in love and to be loved. So I, I just feel like, that's the DNA of the believer. Although we fall short at times because at times love is hard. You know, it never said love is easy, uh, but love is patient. Love is kind. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't envy, doesn't boast, keep no records of wrong. So that's something that the only the spirit's power can enable us to do. And every day I'm trying to do that better. Uh, but yeah, it's a challenging thing for me. But what was your question? I know I just started talking about that again. No, I was just saying like, how how has everything that you've gone through like affected your ability to love other people? Oh, well? that's really good. Oh man, because man, God loved me all while I was a sinner, all while I didn't have it together. And I and I I was in my brokest and lowest moment, and I didn't deserve any of it. He demonstrated his love for me all while I was a sinner, and he died for me. So that gives me this heart. To, to meet people where they are and to, to love them in, in amid their brokenness uh, because I've seen it done for me. You know, he that didn't, you know, he that, he that didn't, uh, what is that verse? Uh, he that didn't, uh, but gave, yeah, spares only some, but gave them up for us. Yeah. God showed us love in the perfect way, you know? And that's what we're called to do, sacrificially sacrificially love not only the person across the street, but a person the person across our hall in the house, you know? So yeah. I, do you have ever had a bad day, Rashawn? Like oh, yeah. T- today's been a really tough day, actually, yeah. because several things are going on. Like, you know, when you have all these expectations and mm-hmm. and you know, even a back, I have a terrible a herniated disc right now. Mm. And, uh, you know, I feel, you know, there's discouragement even in my home, you know, and I'm trying to find ways uh, to, you know, allow the Lord to minister to me through these times, because these times is where, you know, God shines through the cracks of our brokenness, his light shines through them. And, you know, so I'm having a, like a really a tough day, but I trust and treasure in Christ, you know, no matter how bad my day is or how good my day is, we still live a a life from victory and not trying to fight for it, you know? And I'm so grateful for that. Right, bro. Like we're still, it doesn't take away 
the truth, you know, that we are his beloved and that we are called to live an abundant life. You know, that's a full life. It's good, but it's also tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, on days like today, what does it, what does it look like? What does encouraging yourself looking like? What does reminding yourself of what God, wow. you know, thinks about, what does that look like? That's really good. So I would say preaching to my soul, the truth, or so I don't compromise for, you know, the trends and the lies that um, I used to most of my life to come to. Like, for instance, um, Rashawn would, if it was me in the past, I would literally say I give up or I would close doors or, you know, I would do anything I can to get my way all the time. But I'm getting back to that subtle, sweet place where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not thy will, or not my will, but thy will be done. And I need to learn that every single day, re-over, like, God, your will, not my will. Preach to my soul yeah. that very truth. I need yeah. you, God. What, what helps you get there to that place of not my will, but thy will? It literally, there's nothing that I can sort of do at one part of the day and sort of be done. So for instance, you will hear people say, hey, build a strong foundation at the beginning of your day. Just spend 20, 30 minutes with God and you're good to go. You're going to be fired up. You're filled to be spilled, all that goodness. But it literally is a moment by moment, step by step. Lord, I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to be too far ahead of you. I'm not going to be too far behind you. I want to be right in step with the spirit. It's yielding to him throughout every moment and every single day, you know, and that's, that's what's important is that we are walking with him, you know, not yeah. too far ahead, not too far behind. I was going to say, do you have anything like, uh, like set up in the day that helps you do that? Is it like, Hey, at, you know, maybe you set an alarm on your phone or something like, I don't know. I'm just purely asking. Yeah. I'm more of a, I love how you said that. Like, I don't necessarily have a, a alarm on my phone for, you know, more of my, my relationship with the Lord type things. Now I do have reminders for like my wife, for instance, like uh, you, you see this right here. I'm showing you my <laughs> cell phone for you guys yeah. listening in, but I have reminders set up for like acts of service, mm. uh, touch and affections, prize her with something. Uh, chocolate, coffee, flowers, whatever. And then um, it's a much different between me and God. Yeah. Me and God, it's more um, like if I'm not listening to worship most of the day, or if I'm not, you know, because that's just my style. I need it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so worship, having a heart of worship most of the day, or even uh, listening to the word of God. I know a lot of people aren't privileged to be able to do that because they're working and different things like that. But I just think it's so important to, to be, or meditating is huge. Those mm -hmm. who, you know, uh, meditate on the word of the Lord will be prosperous and successful in all they do. So it's like meditation, making sure you're having filtered thinking rather than filthy thinking, you know, keep yeah. your mind uh, yeah, set on the things above. Uh, that's what helps me at times. Yeah. changes everything actually for me. Cool. Wait, yeah. one of one of the things that I absolutely love about your book Start Where You Are is it's just acknowledging the fact of like hey, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter necessarily where you are. You just got to start. Yes. And I'm just curious through whether it be through your own story or whether it be through like talking with other people or whatever yeah. it might be, like what do you see that keeps people from starting? 
Ooh, that is a good question, bro. And this is why I wrote the book because I kept yeah. coming up with, man. Okay. Let me just start here. Yeah. I was out. That was a great question, bro. <laughs> so I was out at the Oklahoma County jail for years. You remember when that was like the launching point of my ministry. I had the childlike faith. I was the babe in Christ. So I was trying to learn, learn, learn God. I, and I could, it felt like I could hear God so much more clearly when I was by myself. I didn't have any kids. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have, you know, sort of a huge, you know, huge online ministry that I'm having to, you know, but not that I get to lead. Yeah. And I didn't have all this stuff happening, but you know, when I was there, I could literally hear crystal clear you know, what is sort of painted all throughout the narrative of the Bible that was playing itself out right in front of me. So this is what it started with, bro. Literally, I would meet NBA cheerleaders, you know, a cheerleader who had just got a DUI on the Oklahoma City Thunder was in a holding tank of a jail. I would talk to her and then I would go up to the 11th floor and talk to a guy that's in disciplinary segregation, the jail within the jail. And he's sitting in there looking at a death sentence or a life sentence. And I would ask them to the same questions, you know, the cheerleader and the, the inmate um, are in the, the prisoner, but they would tell me the very same thing. And I was like, Hey, and I would say this, Hey, um, have you ever considered uh, giving your life to Christ? Have you heard the good news, the, the gospel message that is the most amazing news of all time? And as I'm beginning to talk to them, uh, one of the things that they will go to is this. I have to get my life together. Do you see where I am right now? Mm-hmm. Like God doesn't want any dealings with me, me as a fragile human being. What do you mean? I'm filthy. I need to get my life together. So I was like, wow. And then it, it echoed in my mind. And as I went through the corridors of history, back into my miserable you know, days of growing up, I will say the same thing my life, maybe later, because my life has to be together. But here's the truth is that Jesus didn't die for the version of us that we pretend to be or who we wish we are, but who we actually are, which is broken and sinful. All of us, the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we're all, you know, undeserving, but because of God and his great gift, his son, Jesus, uh, yeah, we can have eternal life through him. And he is the perfect substitute for us. So we don't have to carry that burden anymore. And all we have to do is love him with all our heart, our mind, soul, strength, and love our neighbors. We love ourselves. It comes down to those laws and not the ones thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not shield, thou shalt not commit adultery and all that. But it comes down to loving God and he changes our affection. So in obedience, we can yeah. walk out and live a full life. So. Yeah. And just as, just as you're saying that it, it was, uh, it was just resonating with me in a new way, because the thing that it just made me think of is that is so true. Whenever it comes to literally every aspect yeah, is you can, you can do that with, you know, for, for spouses or like, Hey, God didn't die or Jesus didn't come to die for the husband that you would be yeah, or for the one that you are, or for the leader that you could be or yeah. for the one that you, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Now preach. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hey, good, Caleb. I'm just getting the inspiration from you, my friend. <laughs> uh, man, I'll be I'll be looking forward to the day your book comes out, man. I know you, you got some content in you, brother. I look oh, forward yeah. to it. Well, hey, just just as uh just as 
Well, actually, no, I want to ask one. I want, I got two more questions for you. Okay. What, um, what did you learn through, through ministering to people at jail? I learned that every single person on this planet has a longing to be seen, has a longing to be known. Because, dude, I'm telling you, we had so many different people who were at their lowest moment. I'm talking doctors that just, you know, commit that just got found doing something that they weren't supposed to do. All different people from all walks of life, I would see in there uh, and I would talk to them, but they all have something to offer. But the problem is they didn't have anyone to ever speak to and while they were in jail and different things like that. But the slightest time where I actually sat there and I was still and I listened, opened up so much, I learned so much from them by just getting to know them and even experiencing the joy that they had in just being known, you know, because literally you're like written off when you're in a jail, bro. Like you're closed off, you're boxed off. Like you think you're in a cell and locked up in a prison or jail, but literally you're locked in the confines of your your fear or in your depression and the darkness because you know, you feel forgotten, you yeah. know, because everyone you loved, you know, you're not getting calls time and time out because, you know, one, it takes people's attention and their their time and for them to pay. And that's going to be much harder for you to get attention like that. And even in the jail, inmates don't open up to other inmates and they definitely don't open up the guards mm-hmm. until you get to know them and build that trust. But being known, uh, every human wants to be known. That's what I learned the most. And it was beautiful because it allowed, it helped me grow my listening and hearing and actually responding to what their needs were, which were deeper than just being out of jail. And I was able to minister out of that place. So yeah, every human wants to be known. That's what I learned there and, and loved as they are while they're being known, made known. So for the person who's just listening there, like, hey, Rashawn, I'm just starting on my journey. What advice would you give them? I would definitely say um, really similar to what every single disciple or preacher would say. And I would do it in a more delicate, you know, but truthful tone, like truly like repent. Like say, God, I acknowledge all my brokenness. I I acknowledge everything, my past, my present, and my future sins, the things that I've committed against you, the even hidden things. And I want to know you. I want to give this to you. I want to surrender. Surrender is so beautiful, man. It's giving everything up to God and say, I'm offering my heart, my mind, my soul, every my strength, everything to you, God. Now I give up. And that's what that is. And turning away from your own way and following the Jesus way, because that way you'll never regret it. Actually, you will thoroughly enjoy it because once you taste and see that he's good, there's no going back to your old life. You know, and I just want to encourage somebody with that. Start where you are, but start with God this time. Yeah. Well, Rashawn, I know that people are going to want to continue to continue to learn from you and follow you and get the book as well. Where's the best place for people to go to do those things? Awesome, brother. Well, Rashawn Copeland uh, on every platform. And then 
Um, yeah, you won't have a hard time finding me. There ain't too many of me, but and I'm not related to Kenneth Copeland by any means. So I just <laughs> want to let that know because everybody be reaching out. Hey, are you related to Kenneth? Do I, I'm chocolate, brother. No, but uh, are you okay? The bottom book or check out the book, which yeah. I would encourage you grab you a copy. But um, you can go to Amazon. Um, or you can go any other place, startwhereyourbook.com, anywhere you can buy books. Honestly, you can go and get it. And it's going to be a fun, fun read. I'm telling you. Yeah. So thanks, bro, for having me. I got to have you on my show to share your story, bro. Hey, would love it. Anytime. Just let me know. Rashawn, thanks again so much for being on the podcast today and just so grateful for your friendship and just getting to know you more uh, just through this podcast experience. And thank you for listening to the episode today as well and for being part of the Learner's Corner community. And if you have something that you're really passionate about that you're learning from, I would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and just hit me up on my Instagram handle at Caleb J. Mason. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear the people that you're learning from, what you're learning, who you, uh, the things that you're learning from as well. Thanks to Sam Massey as well for uh, creating the music for this podcast. And that I think that's going to be our episode for today. And so thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner podcast. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing.